and programs. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We want your children. We want your children, they cried. It was Sunday night, September 19th, 1993. A group of angry homosexuals and lesbians stormed the Hamilton Square Baptist Church of San Francisco, California. They were trying to stop the Sunday night service because they disapproved of the speaker from the Traditional Values Coalition, Mr. Sheldon. And it's incredible such a thing could happen in the United States of America, but it did. And it happened at the very time that Save America Ministries was being born as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour here on the near edge of the second coming. Save America Ministries was finally approved by the federal government and by the state of California for a 501c3 position, and we began our work. Our work to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour because what happened in San Francisco on September 19, 1993 was a harbinger of what would happen immediately before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And if you have a squeamish mind or heart, you better not listen to today's program. It might very well grip your innermost being. The homosexuals back there in 1993 vandalized church property, terrorized women and children, assaulted church members, and disrupted the services. The police did little or nothing to control the unruly mob. Finally, the riot police arrived and did help to control the situation to some extent. And as incredible as it may sound, not one of the unruly mob was arrested. Not one. The news media ignored the whole thing. The newspapers refused to print anything about the assault, but I remember, I remember their voices. We want your children. As they banged on the church door, we want your children. We want your children. Sounds exactly like what was described in the book of Genesis when Abraham's nephew Lot, together with his wife and daughters, were there in Sodom, the area of Sodom and Gomorrah, and God sent angels in there to check the situation out because he had determined that things that were happening there were so wicked that God might have to destroy the city. Well, the men of the city saw these angels come in, thought they were just men, and they had entered Lot's house. And the men came to the door of Lot's house and banged on the door and said, Bring out those men that we might know them. Bring out those men that we might know them. Well, that's not enough for today's homosexuals, lesbians, transgenders, and so on. No, the new cry is, We want your children. 
And what you're going to hear today on today's program may very well be shocking to you. I hope you'll stay tuned because it is setting the stage for the second coming of Jesus Christ. If a group of fundamental Christians had stormed a meeting of homosexuals, you might be sure it would have made the news, right? The homosexuals have, have achieved incredible power in our country. That was stated in 1993, 18 years ago, actually 28 years ago. They apparently controlled San Francisco at that time. They sit in high places in Washington, D.C. The president and other office holders in powerful places stood ready to advance the cause of homosexuals and lesbians. Christians had better wake up. Our nation faced revival or ruin and... According to the writer of this article, in 1993, it may be too late for revival. In 1997, just four years later, William Jefferson Clinton, President of the United States, made a journey to Southern California. It was the first time a sitting American president had purposed knowingly, intentionally, to address a known and exclusively homosexual gathering. And so he did. The same president who would carry a big black Bible for photo ops, his wife as well, but he went to California and he made a statement that I believe is one of the most egregious, perhaps blasphemous statements ever made by an American president. And here's what he said. We are, in practical ways, changing the immutable ideals that have guided us from the beginning. This was the President of the United States in 1997, declaring we are referring to his leadership in the Democratic Party, his role as President leading the nation, and including, by way of reference, perhaps even you, since the first three words of the preamble to our Constitution are, we the people. So he was including you. He was including the American people, and particularly the Democrat Party that had elected him. We are, he said, we are changing the immutable ideals that have guided us from the beginning. Well, what are those immutable ideals? And what does the word immutable mean? The word immutable means unchangeable. So here is what Bill Clinton said. We are in practical ways, in other words, on the ground, we're not just talking about it, we're actually doing it. We are changing the unchangeable ideals, principles, that have guided this country from the beginning. Well, what were those unchangeable and immutable ideals? They were the words of God expressed in the Bible. So Bill Clinton was actually saying, we are, as the American people, and particularly as the Democratic Party, we are changing the unchangeable principles and words of God that have guided this nation from the beginning. He admitted that the Bible and the words of the Lord had guided the nation from the beginning. 
But he said, we're going to change all that. In fact, we're not just going to, we are changing it on the ground in reality. So this event that occurred in September of 1993, four years earlier, was merely the expression on the ground of what Bill Clinton was talking about. The homosexuals have achieved incredible power in our nation and apparently control over San Francisco, sitting in high places in our nation's capital, office holders. And Christians better wake up. But maybe it's too late. Too late for revival. So then what time is it? We'll talk about that as we go on with the program here today. And you have not heard even the least of it yet. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. In September, a Sunday evening in San Francisco, California, in front of a Baptist church seeking to hold its evening service with Lou Sheldon being the speaker. The church's pastor, Dr. David C. Innes, had made at least four calls to the Northern Police Station in San Francisco prior to the meeting because he had heard that a group of rabid lesbians and homosexuals were going to demonstrate and perhaps attack the people at the church. So he cried out to the police department. He called the Northern Station immediately before the service again and requested more backup police because he felt the situation was not under control, which was not. He was informed by the police that no backup would be sent unless requested by police that were present. And further, he was notified that they had not requested it. Dr. Innes was told, you must understand, this is San Francisco. Now, four years later, Bill Clinton, in saying... We are changing the unchangeable ideals that have guided us from the beginning, was basically saying, you must understand, this is America now. This is America. Not the land that you loved, not the land that you were going to stand beside her and guide her and ask God to guide her with the light from above. No, we rejected that God. We have decided... We're going to change the unchangeable ideals, the immutable ideals that have guided us from the beginning. So it's not just San Francisco now, it's all of America. We the people. Without going into undue detail, and this is a very long piece that came out of as the record for that particular event, A rioter removed the Christian flag from the flagpole, attached the gay flag under the U.S. flag. 
The church's caretaker removed both flags, but a rioter grabbed the gay flag and it was run up again on the flagpole and a a rope knotted out of reach. When the caretaker again attempted to remove the gay flag, he was assaulted and hit with eggs. Remember, the police are there. Watching all of this. One cement bench was pushed over into the fountain by rioters. When the police were notified of this, they refused to respond. A second bench bench was dismantled and a seat thrown over into a light well and destroyed by rioters. The rioters described the wanton destruction of church property as, quote, interior decorating, unquote. A single parent, who was a church member, and her six-year-old daughter were told they could not enter the building by the rioters. A rioter grabbed her daughter's arm as she was clinging to her mother and began interrogating her. The child was crying and terrified. Riot police were never called in by the officers that were present, and the officers did nothing. They only came because the guest speaker left the worship service and called 911. The rioters were then removed from the courtyard area of the church by the riot police. They proceeded to the emergency exit doors, that is, the rioters did, on the west side of the auditorium where they pounded and kicked the doors seeking to break them down. The pounding was so loud that an elderly blind woman was terrified, thinking it was gunshots. Rioters continued their demonstration, standing on church property with their megaphone. The rioters then laid down in the intersection of Geary and Franklin Streets, blocking traffic. But the police took no action to remove them. A woman demonstrator exposed her breasts to church members that were present. The people were shouted at and threatened by the rioters as they made their way to their cars, being called Christian bigots, hypocrites, fascists, homophobes, and other expletives and obscenities. An eight-year-old retarded girl, upon exiting through the front entrance, was so traumatized upon being verbally accosted that she fell down the steps. Dr. Innes, Reverend Eugene Lumpkin, and the church's associate pastor with his wife and children remained inside. When this became known to the rioters, they returned to force the church to the force to the church and began pounding on the front doors. When the rioters saw the children standing in the lobby, they shouted, We want your children. Give us your children. We want your children. Give us your children. A nine-year-old boy was crying in hysterics. They're after me, he said. They were informed by police that due to the city's police regulations and policies, the police were not allowed to enforce the law regarding the disturbance of church worship services and the presence of rioters on church property. In spite of all the malicious disruption, battery, assault, and property destruction, not a single arrest was made 28 years ago in San Francisco. Now, are you ready for this? Are you sure? 
This is 28 years later. This is the gay chorus of San Francisco. Listen carefully. As we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. At first I didn't get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people, but I see now why you'd have a problem with that. Just like you worried, they'll change their group of friends. You won't approve of where they go at night protest oh and you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight like information guess what you'll still be alright we'll convert your children yes we will reaching one and all there's really no escaping it cause even grandma likes RuPaul and the world's getting kinder Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. We'll convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children.
And there it was. And there it was. We want your children. Really? Is that what we want for our children? It was the San Francisco Gay Choir. If you were able to see the images on the computer on television, it appeared that there were approximately a hundred men who were part of that homosexual choir. From every single walk, every race, and so on. They called it a message of love and unity, tolerance, acceptance. Really? Doesn't it seem to have a threatening quality about it? They're going to force their agenda upon you, whether you agree with it or not. And so they had to deplatform the video. Initially, it had 13,000 views, received 63 likes, 3,100 dislikes, and most of the other comments were deleted. Full of hate, promoting intolerance, but that's the spirit of the homosexual movement. You notice I didn't use the word gay? Because they want you to use the word gay. They want to use a nice-sounding euphemism to hide the nefarious agenda that is designed to take over the world. And indeed, that's exactly what is happening. It's not just taking over America, it's taking over the world. All over the world, there was... the gay pride movement in every capital of the world, including Jerusalem and including Tel Aviv. This has spread everywhere. It's even in our military. The Navy, the United States Navy, has forced... It's soldiers to take part in mandatory diversity hikes, waving the LGBT flag. Active duty members of the Navy in San Diego were forced to take part in a mandatory diversity hike during which they flew LGBT flags while American flags were nowhere to be seen in honor of Pride Month. Perhaps you're not aware. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, recently appeared before a House Armed Services Committee where they faced accusations that the U.S. military was going woke. They denied it. But then General Milley went about to talk about white rage and his support of the critical race theory doctrination, indoctrination in the military. It was just a week ago that Nellis Air Force Base responded to controversy about a drag queen show hosted by the base by saying the performance was essential to the morale, cohesion, and readiness of the military.
Attempts by the woke cult to subvert the military began under the Obama administration, during which, in some instances, cadets were made to take part in an event called Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, having men wearing Army combat uniforms parade around in red high heels. Meanwhile, China and Russia continue to laugh hysterically while training their soldiers to engage in elite combat. While we play sodomizing games in defiance of the God who made and preserved us a nation. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. The cover of Newsweek magazine had a picture of Barack Hussein Obama. Underneath the picture were these words. America's first gay president. Let that sink in. In 2013, Time magazine featured a picture of two women on its front cover kissing. With these words, gay marriage already won. The Supreme Court may not have made up its mind, but America has. In other words, testifying that the practice of homosexuality, lesbianism, and all of the other perversions that are registered under LGBTQ and all of the other have already been normalized in America and throughout the Western world. There were 76 countries with anti-homosexuality laws back uh, a number of years ago. The total was 82 if you include political entities such as Gaza, Palestine, the Turkish-controlled northern portion of Cyprus and Indonesia, and so on. Well, it's not that way anymore. December 7th, 2011, the headline, The U.S. Urges the World to End Gay Discrimination. Bill Clinton told ambassadors, human rights are gay rights. Actually, it was not Bill Clinton. It was Hillary Rodham Clinton. In unusually strong language, she said the Obama administration bluntly warns the world against gay and lesbian discrimination 
declaring the United States will use foreign assistance as well as diplomacy to back its insistence that gay, that is homosexual, lesbian rights are fully equal to other basic human rights. In other words, advancing the cause. Clinton's audience included diplomats from Arab, African, and other nations where homosexuality is criminalized. Many of the ambassadors in the audience responded with stony faces and rushed out of the room as soon as Clinton finished speaking. President Barack Obama directed the State Department and other agencies to make sure U.S. diplomacy and foreign assistance promoted gay rights. In a speech in Geneva, home of the United Nations Human Rights Body, the Obama administration also, as part of the administration's outreach to gays and lesbians, a core Democrat constituency at home, reinforced its agenda to promote the practice of homosexuality and lesbianism around the world. Since he took office, Obama advocated the repeal of the military's ban on openly gay service members and had accomplished it and stopped defending a law defining marriage as between one man and one woman. And who supported him? Who elected him twice? We the people. And 95% of black America. What are we to make of this? May I suggest to you that Jesus spoke about this very issue. In the book of Luke, I believe it's chapter 17, he said, as it was in the days of Lot, so it will be just before the second coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot. What was it like in the days of Lot? We want your children. The practice of homosexuality, sodomy. That's what it's called, sodomy. That's why it was called Sodom. Actually, sodomy is called sodomy because of its dramatic presence in Sodom. What was the position of the United States historically? When we were based upon a biblical standard? On March 11, 1778, General George Washington drummed out of service Lieutenant Gotthold Enslin, the first soldier to be dismissed from the U.S. military for homosexuality. After 1900... Individuals were punished for committing homosexual acts, which were lumped under the rubric of sodomy. Prior to World War II, homosexual misconduct was prosecuted under the categories of conduct unbecoming an officer, or for enlisted members' conduct to the prejudice of good order and military discipline. The Articles of War of 1916 established an article proscribing the offense of sodomy. In 1950, the modern Uniform Code of Military Justice included Article 125, 
a prohibition of sodomy. The army adopted a mandatory policy for administrative separation of, homosexual, of homosexuals. The Army's policy stated true, confirmed, or habitual homosexual personnel, irrespective of sex, will not be permitted to serve in the Army in any capacity, and prompt separation of known homosexualities from the Army is mandatory. In the late 1970s, the report of the Joint Service Administration Discharge Study Group recommended that the military reaffirm the long-standing ban on homosexuals by incorporating into the policy the principle homosexuality is incompatible with military service. But by 1982, the Pentagon published a conduct-based policy which authorized separation of persons who by their acts or statements demonstrate a propensity or intent to engage in homosexual conduct and eliminated homosexual tendencies as a reason for separation. Only those who acted. But in 1992, the very year the Lord spoke to my heart that I had been pleading the cause of men long enough, and I was to plead his cause in the land as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation here on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that year, during the presidential campaign, Bill Clinton promised that one of his first actions in office would be to lift the military's homosexual ban. And on January 29th, 1993, nine days after his inauguration, President Clinton, a Democrat, directed Secretary of Defense Les Aspen to submit to me prior to July 15th, 1993, a draft of an executive order ending discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in determining who may serve in the armed forces of the United States. Do you see the trajectory? Do you not think that this is manifestation that we have become Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you not think that these are illustrations that as a nation we have so embraced that which God calls an abomination that we have set ourselves up for his judgment and to recognize that we are on the very near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when he is coming, he's coming not to save the world for its sin, but to judge the world for its sin. And in the meantime, America's major companies have been rushing to identify themselves with the homosexual agenda. By, 19, by 2009, there was a list of Companies scoring a perfect 100% on the human rights campaign supporting the homosexual movement. It's a list of companies that you would be well familiar with. Banks, stores, major corporations, Unbelievable. Even Hallmark cards. 
I have a list before me. As of 2010, 305 such corporations that achieved a 100% support of the homosexual agenda, of sodomy, We want your children, they said. They didn't just say it. They screamed it. We want your children. Now, America's public schools are indoctrinating your children in fulfillment of their cry back in 1993, we want your children, and in fulfillment of the video and the chorus of the Gay male chorus of San Francisco fulfilling exactly that. They make no bones about it. We want your children. We'll get your children, and you'll be happy about it. In 2009, a California school district approved a mandatory homosexual curriculum for children as young as five. But now, it's mandated for all of California schools. You see the trajectory? When we get back, we're going to talk about how this has set the stage for the coming counterfeit Christ. I hope you stay tuned. This is not a joke, friends. This is serious business. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Could it be that the open, notorious, and egregious practice of sodomy has laid the foundation from God's perspective for the final events of world history, including the soon presence of a counterfeit Christ figure known as the Antichrist? Are we that close? Could it be that we are that close to that event? I believe we are. If you could have heard my conversation with 
a dear brother from another part of the Western world talking about what's happening in his own country, you would understand that we are on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's why for years now we have been declaring we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You see, God is merciful. He has been patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But when a pastor goes on Oprah Winfrey, the pastor of the All Saints Episcopal Church in Pasadena, California, where I practiced law for 20 years, where I uh, taught school for nine years, where I married my wife, When this pastor went on the Oprah Winfrey Show, her Best Life Week program, and declared, gay is a gift from God. He declared homosexuality that the Bible declares is an abomination to the God of history. He had the chutzpah, the temerity, the blasphemous chutzpah, to declare that which God says is an abomination to be a blessing. I'm having a hard time containing myself right now to keep the, the tears from, from emerging. That same year, a California judge attacked parents, suggesting that they're bigots for seeking to opt out their elementary-age children from a mandatory, controversial, pro-homosexual curriculum. He refused to allow them to have their children excused from the lessons. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 5 to 11, the men of Sodom called out to Lot because of the two angels that had come in to visit him to take a look at what was happening there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they cried unto Lot and said, Where are the men which came in to you this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. That means have sex with them. And Lot went out of the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you And do to them as is good in your eyes, only do not unto these men anything like this. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. But the men said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and will he needs be a judge over us? Now will we deal worse with you than with them. And the men pressed sore upon Lot, and came near to break the door. 
But the men put forth their hand, that is, the angels, put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He took Lot and his family out. His wife had a hankering for Sodom, and she looked back and became a pillar of salt. But Lot and his two daughters escaped by the mercy of God. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul speaks about this. He says, For this cause God gives them up unto vile affections, for even their women do change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which is meet or appropriate. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, the same apostle Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, in other words, homosexuals, shall inherit the kingdom of God. In the book of Jude, chapter 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God is not playing games. That same year, Tony Blair, former Prime Minister of the UK, went to the Vatican and told the Pope, you're wrong on homosexuality. He said, we need an attitude of mind where rethinking and the concept of evolving attitudes becomes part of the discipline with which you approach your religious faith. In other words, God must change his position. Now, I indicated that we were going to take a look at where this fits with regard to the matter of the Antichrist. Friends, the reality is the practice of homosexuality, lesbianism, all of these, bestiality, and all of the other LGBTQ and following letters are abominations. They are perversions of God's created order. The enemy of God, i.e. Satan, formerly called Lucifer, has determined to completely turn on its head everything that God has commanded. 
to make that which God said is evil and wickedness seem good and best. And he's doing an excellent job of convincing we the people. This is setting the stage, friends, the rebellion that we are engaged in, that our leaders have been engaged in, not just in this country now, but all over the world. The rebellion that this world is engaged in through its leaders, its spiritual leaders, its political leaders, its economic leaders, its business leaders, is setting the stage for the ultimate rebel of all, the Antichrist. He will be the virtual incarnation of Satan himself, the ultimate rebel against God. And he intends to take you with him in his rebellion and to take you down in the punishment that he receives for his rebellion. Do you not think then that it would be highly advisable to prepare yourself, your friends, your relatives, yes, even the leadership in your church, to take seriously the identification of who that person is. Not their name. That's not what's important. What's important is identifying their characteristics. And that's what the Bible sets out to do. And that's what my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, does. And you've never read anything like it, I'm quite sure. It's a $22 book. It's yours right on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. It deals with a wide range of uh, issues and so on to help uh, professing Christians especially, to help professing Christians uh, avoid the deception that is coming on the earth. And we see how it's coming. Pastors, parachurch leaders, parents being seduced gradually into embracing, in the name of love and compassion, embracing that which God calls an abomination. And the Apostle Paul says there in Romans chapter 1, that it's not just those who practice these abominable things that God will judge, but also those who approve them will be judged as well. In other words, you will be deemed guilty as sin with those who conduct themselves in the practice of these abominations. I have in my hands a very lengthy 16-page timeline of so-called gay world history. Gay world history. We don't have time to go into the whole thing here, but let me just point out something that I thought was quite interesting. If we were to go back to the late 1700s, this is the period of time 
period of time when America was being born, when we had a revolution, and France had a revolution. You remember, France had a revolution, and their theme was liberty, equality, and fraternity. Well, out of that came this. France became the first so-called Christian nation to decriminalize sodomy through a revision of its penal code during the French Revolution. Why? Because the revolution was a revolution against the rulership of God. That's why. And France became known thereafter as one of the most sexually promiscuous countries in the world. It appears now that America wants to be known for that, for Barack Obama began to preach the doctrine, spread the new gospel of gay freedom all over the world. So he went to Africa and was rejected out of hand by African presidents. They said, don't bring that garbage in here. The first black president was responsible for the most egregious spread of this abomination in the history of America. And he was re-elected. He was elected twice. What does that say? It's time to repent, friends. It's time for us to take this seriously. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to uh, Identify the Coming Imposter, on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us, become a partner, send your gifts by faith. Friends, these are dangerous times, as you will see even next week when we gather. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.